Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. The shots from Syria to bots. I'll tell you the truth behind the propaganda. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, more or less. I am on today from 4 to 6, and I'm uh, filling in for Mark Aram on Thursday, December 27th from 7 to 9. And then next week, December 29th, I'm on my regular time 3 to 6, and I will have the year in review. And that is a, uh, that's my end of the year show. And then I believe I'm on Sunday, January 6th from noon to three with my year ahead show, which my trusty producer, Brad Binkley, will probably uh, contribute heavily to because he is so immersed in all the stuff I can't stomach, i.e. what's uh, the, the plots on the left to gratuitously disrupt our democracy. How are you doing, Binkley? Uh, it's the holiday season, so I'm great. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't I know? I just, <laughs> I actually started in the holiday spirit so early that I uh, I kind of leveled off a little bit. So maybe we'll get some Christmas tunes later, and I can get back in the back in the mood. So uh, so there's lots going on. One thing, the government is partially shut down, yada, yada, yada. What else is new? Uh, but it, there are important issues around that. Um, uh, I don't deny it. I think people get passionate about the wall. I personally, uh, having read the Council of Foreign Relations report written by William Weld and in part by Heidi Cruz, uh, talking about the North American Union and how... They were going to change. They were hoping to change all the laws of Canada, the United States and Mexico to be the most stringent of all the laws would be the law they chose on services and goods and environment and labor and all that stuff. And then just allow the free flow of goods and services throughout the continent. I don't think a wall is going to matter because they're they're going to have a door in it. They're not going to shut the door. I am a hardcore libertarian, and I do believe in the free movement of goods and services. But it's going to come along. Their plan is to use that as an excuse to normalize all of our laws to the most big government of the laws. See, that's the thing with the immigration issues. They, they seem to me to always be primarily a political tool and not... Um, not the primarily about immigration. So uh, I take with a grain of salt that the wall would solve our problems. Um, I'm not even sure the wall is why we are having the problem we're having with the shutdown. I, I sometimes also think that we get all the drama, the histrionics 
to shield us from the more important issues. Uh, and one, one of the big issues in the news this week was Trump announcing he was going to pull our troops out of Syria. Really not supposed to have troops in Syria, but what we have in Syria, Afghanistan, stuff like that. Now, that could just be a simple, uh, this is how Trump does it, and this is how he always felt, and it's totally consistent, and he would truly be my hero if we were ending our interventions in the Middle East. There's also the possibility that they're just regrouping, changing strategy because it's not working. Uh, I don't know. I look at Ukraine is inflaming as well. I look at Ukraine and Syria. If you look at a map, you do your reading. Those are the gateways between the gas-rich regions of Russia and the Middle East into Europe. So Ukraine has gas pipelines and and through Syria, there's kind of a battle tug of war on who's going to build the gas pipelines up into Europe. So those are like critical places where the West and the coalitions that Russia's forming or leading or whatever kind of have a conflict. So they t- tell us it's about terrorism. I personally think it's about gas um but we'll see how we'll see how that shakes out what's interesting to me though about all of that is how the liberals on the left are now saying that it's terrible of trump to be reducing our presence in syria because russia you know because russia likes it you know the the friend of our enemy is our enemy is how they're looking at it, it seems like to me. And it's really sad because it used to be that the left was the they wanted welfare, but they were against warfare and the right wanted warfare, but they were against welfare. And now both parties really support the welfare warfare super state that we have these biggest budgets ever right now, you know, that it's just always getting bigger. The national debt's always getting bigger, whether it's Republicans or Democrats in charge. Same thing with the warfare state. What I, I, I don't know, Binkley, if you have, I actually, I wasn't going to start with this, but I kind of feel like starting with the, with the Michael Moore stuff, because Michael Moore hits the two things I wanted to talk about today. One is that the left is for absolutely no reason except for uh, that Russia likes us stepping back from Syria. They they have no reason except for Russia that they that they don't want us to pull out of Syria. And then on the other hand, their reasons for Russia being our enemy is the is that Russia supposedly interfered with our election, but. Binkley and I both stumbled upon this independently, and it did get some press, but boy, not much, considering the implications. That the whole, I think, the whole Russian bot thing, the whole idea of Russian interference may have been exposed as a, as a in the words of the guy who did it, a false flag of the left. I'm going to explain to you how a small example of that may blow up the whole Russian interference idea meme. Um, so I would love to uh, start with that. Binkley, is it? Did I spring that on you too quickly? Should we wait? Do on you me? want some clips? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I was thinking of some uh, of the Michael Moore clips. Yeah, I got them. All right, so. So Michael Moore was on the guy. The host name was Ali Velshi. I don't know him. Do you know him? No, he's a clown. 
That's okay. all you need to know. A clown named Ali Velshi was interviewing Michael Moore, and they were just, it was like every single word that Michael Moore said was ridiculous to me. It was just contradicted his own comments in the past, were inaccurate. So it's a it, skill, really. He's so serious <laughs> about the way he says ridiculous things. Yeah. And oh, yes, that is his skill. That's that's like politicians lying, like or if you've ever known a pathological liar, like they lie to your face about something, you know, is not true. And because like no one really has the nerve to do that, you're, you question your own sanity. They really make you question your own sanity. Some of these people. But the thing with Michael Moore is he's he's criticizing. All right. Well, let's just start. Um, let's start. This was just this week, right? A couple of days ago. Yeah. I think it was right, yesterday, or, yeah, the 20th. All right, let's start with clip one. It's loading. All right. Very slowly. I was just watching the, the stuff with Madison. On, I was in the green room back there. And I, I really, I think maybe this is the first time I've actually been frightened for the country. Frightened. Okay, I believe that you have played for me on this show, Michael Moore, saying how frightened he was for this country many times. His in the entire past. new movie is based <laughs> on the premise that Trump is going to be the last president and American democracy is destroyed. <laughs> and he made it because he's so frightened, Michael Moore. He's terrified. He made it because he was frightened. But here's the thing is that it's really the content of what he was saying is that Mattis stepping down is what's frightening him. And, and here's what's crazy about that. I'm the only person that I noticed noticing that the very first act that Donald Trump made as president was to sign a law allowing a recent general to lead uh, the Defense Department. You're supposed to have civilians in charge of defense so that you don't have an overly militaristic posture. You don't want I mean, our country was founded on not even having a standing army. You just don't want that. You don't want that outlook. Uh, so to let that guy go should not be the most terrifying thing. And furthermore, Mattis is the hawk in the room. Mattis is the one who supposedly, I don't know if I believe it, resigned because Trump wanted to move the troops out of Syria. So that the arch liberal, I mean, what does he even stand for? If not, at least, uh, not wanting war. Um, let's save. I want to go through them, but I want to do it kind of quickly. And then, I mean, we absolutely have to leave. For me, the biggest story of the week is that uh, the, and it was about the Alabama race, the Roy Moore uh, Jones race, where the the guy who wrote, this huge report for the Senate Intelligence Committee that was released this week, a 100-page report on Russian interference in the 2016 election, had actually posed as uh, Russian bots to sway the election away from Roy Moore in Alabama. And he claims, I didn't mean to sway the election. I was just doing research on how Russian bots worked. But the 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 revelations of what they actually did i think there is no denying that uh these guys were posing as russian bots to discredit roy moore and furthermore i don't think this is the only time that's ever happened 
and uh, and it's being totally whitewashed and covered up. So we're not going to allow that to happen. We're going to get into it. Uh, but as part of that, I want to talk about how Michael Michael Moore and and the left just focus on the illegitimacy of President Trump based in part on Russian interference in the election, which I think has been debunked, officially debunked. If not already, then we'll do it in the show. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We're back. All right. I want to, um, Binkley, let's play another Michael Moore clip. Number clip two. This is un-American. This hurts this country. This is, this tax cut, in a sense, an act of terror. Because it's going to make the people who are already struggling to get by that much harder to get by. And what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And to alleviate their pain... How many more of those opioid drugs are they going to need? All right, so that's terrorism. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's him great. terrorizing people. Uh, like this... if you tax cuts mean people are going to use more opioids, as if there's a correlation between taxes and spending. Which, for anyone who's not understanding what I'm saying, we have a twenty trillion dollar national debt. Please God. Should there be a correlation between taxes and spending? If I if I could choose one thing to do right now on a political basis, I would have a balanced budget amendment and then spending and taxes are related and then people will start to care. But one has absolutely nothing to do with the other right now. And he is terrorizing us. You're saying that there's not evidence that immediately following the tax cuts, the country went on an opioid bender. Which is what he seems to be claiming in that ridiculous yes. statement that he made. Yes. So it. So without actually saying that welfare was cut, because I don't think it was, you know what I'm saying? He's saying like people are desperate because of the tax cuts. But pe- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's missing that. There's a missing link there. Okay. Let's do uh, clip three. We are now, with Mattis leaving, closer to Trump starting a war. Because he will have, just as he's proven with the two attorney generals that he's announced since Jeff Sessions, um, he will find the person who's going to be on his page uh-huh. and do what, does what he tells him to do. And when that means he just wakes up some morning and decides to go to war with somebody because he's so random about his behavior, that's how he does things. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a, we're going to have a defense secretary that's going to go, yes, boss. And that makes it dangerous for all of us and for the world. Well, if he's random, then he might wake up one day and do the exact opposite. Half the time he'd be doing what Michael Moore likes if he's random. Yeah, he, he's so random that he, you know, he said something about pulling people out of Syria, which right after this clip, Michael Moore starts talking about how wrong it is for him to pull out of Syria, which is crazy. It is crazy. And the, and the, uh, the, what he said before that clip, it's not, it wasn't in that clip, but he says, 
uh, Trump is an autocrat. I got that if you want to hear that part. Oh, like, you give me those first couple of seconds of that. We have an autocrat in the White House. Anytime you have an autocrat, what do they want running the military? The person that is going to do what they tell them to do. We are now. Yeah. So an autocrat, if you know, there's not too many autocrats uh, in history. The czar in Russia was an autocrat, if I recall correctly. They can do whatever they want. They don't actually have to answer to anyone. So you don't have to surround yourself with yes men because you're an autocrat. And then he goes on to say he's going to surround himself with yes men. Uh, and he's not an autocrat because the Constitution requires uh, the legislature. and everything. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But he just says that and there's no correcting him. I mean, he's just so full of disinformation, misinformation. Uh, so let's see. Do we have time for clip four? So here's the thing. Oh, I want to read... Uh, Mattis's, so Mattis resigned, Mattis resigned, and he said uh, in his resignation letter, he says, one core belief I've always held is that our strength as a nation is inextricably linked to the strength of our unique and comprehensive system of alliances and partnerships. While the U.S. remains the indispensable nation in the free world, we cannot protect our interests or serve that role effectively without maintaining strong alliances and showing respect to those allies. So I'm going to read, after the break, a snippet from George Washington's farewell address that absolutely flies in the face of Mattis, and I, I'm on Washington's side. So hang on for that. 800-WSP-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are This is Monica Perez. We are back. So I wanted to intersperse with this Michael Moore stuff. He's so sorry to see Mattis leave. It's so not. It just doesn't feel like the thing that uh, that a somebody on the left would come up with, but he's just not an ideologue more. He's a propagandist. But to reiterate, one of the things Mattis said in his resignation letter was, uh, one core belief I've always held is that our strength as a nation is inextricably linked to the strength of our unique and comprehensive system of alliances and partnerships. While the U.S. remains the indispensable nation in the free world, we cannot protect our interests or serve that role effectively without maintaining strong alliances and showing respect to those allies. But what Washington said in his farewell address was nothing is more essential than that permanent inveterate antipathies against particular nations and passionate attachments for others should be excluded. And that in place of them, just and amicable feelings towards all should be cultivated. Uh, Washington goes on to say a passionate attachment of one nation for another produces a variety of evils. Sympathy for the favorite nation, facilitating the illusion of an imaginary common interest in cases where no real common interest exists, and infusing into one the enmities of the other, betrays the former into a participation in the quarrels and wars of the latter without adequate inducement or justification. It leads also to concessions to the favorite nation of privileges denied to others, which is apt doubly to injure the nation making the concessions by unnecessarily parting with what ought to have been retained and by exciting jealousy, ill will, and disposition to retaliate in the parties from whom equal privileges are withheld. 
so it, to me, I think Washington was talking about Europe and probably England specifically and all that. But right now in the Middle East, we have, I think that's uh, probably the primary network of alliances and enmities that Mattis likes. And if you really look at our interests over there, it's hard to understand how those interests are in defense of the American people in America. I think it's a lot easier to understand how they're in defense of the interests of oil and gas uh, owners. Maybe that that also funnels back to England, whose involvement in the Middle East and dragging us into the Middle East, I believe, has always been around that. Um Let's go. Uh, I got a call. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Ed and Dawson, you're on with Monica. Yes, hi. I'm calling about this despicable story coming out of Texas where they fired a woman because she refused to sign a document promising that she will not boycott Israel. I think it was um, BDS. Um, uh, there, there's a movement called BDS. Yeah, boycott, boycott, divest, and divest sanction. Divest and yep. sanction, yeah. And I'm surprised that all these so-called freedom-loving people like yourself and all these libertarian groups are not out there raising hell about it. I just saw that headline go across my screen before I got on the air, and I wondered if it was an old story, a new story, because it was not getting press. And I believe right. the blurb I saw was that she was a Palestinian-American, or I think she was an American of Palestinian descent. A Palestinian-American, correct. Right. And for me, so that plays into the dialectic. And what makes me crazy is that when you look, this is another thing that I kind of think we're going to get into this Russian bots as false flags. But when I read really anti-Semitic or anti-Islamic stuff on the Internet, that just it's really awful. I it makes me crazy because that kind of hate makes it impossible to have a. Uh, a normal conversation to hear all sides about what might be real political machinations in the Middle East. We can't have a normal conversation about it because uh, you're always accused of hate. You know, so I I, I imagine what I don't know what they asked her to sign exactly, but my guess is it's it's it was uh, saying, you know, we want to make sure there's no anti-Semitism. But what we're really talking about, if you really analyze the issue, you're talking about a political dispute that I think BDS is trying to address. So it's just, it's all, that's why I just, I find it so damaging all the, the um, identity politics and all the venom that comes out online. People really get distracted from real policy issues. Yeah, and another thing, uh, we have an American student right now being detained in Israel because um, she uh, spoke out against Israeli Israeli occupation in the West Bank. That's another thing people are not talking about. I mean, people in this country are so afraid to criticize Israel, it's not even funny. We have that, that um, commentator from CNN, Dr. Lamont, I think it was Dr. Lamont, uh, yeah, Dr. Lamont, he criticized Israel in the uh, UN conference and they fired him, too. I mean, what's going on to where we cannot criticize our country for our wrongdoing without being afraid of being fired or worse? I actually believe that um, there's a robust debate in Israel about stuff that we don't talk about here. Like, I think the Israeli people uh, come out on different political sides. Wasn't Yitzhak Rabin, uh 
assassinated because of differing viewpoints over how to deal with the the solution to the Israeli-Palestinian issue? I believe he, yes, was, he was by an Israeli. Yes, yes he was. So I, I myself don't wade into that too much for one big reason is I have... I think it's virtually impossible for me to really understand the politics of another country when, you know, we're busy and it's hard enough to understand our politics and all the distractions get that. that but when it starts affecting our freedom here at home, I think you should raise a voice. Well, like this that. is, yeah, and but people get very uh, emotional because of these ideas of identity hatred that make people feel threatened as a, as a people when uh, what they consider to be their protection, Israel, is uh, attacked. You know what I'm saying? Like, people get really worried, personally. But, but, I, but I agree. But this is one of the things that um, Washington said, is it gives... Uh, it says it gives ambitious, corrupted, or deluded citizens who devote themselves to the favorite nation facility to betray or sacrifice the interests of their own country. Uh, without odium, sometimes even with popularity, uh, et cetera. But like, that's what he was warning us against, where if you uh, don't have a particular view about another country, you could be attacked. Whereas here, we are allowed to have different views about our own country. That just doesn't make sense. We should be able to have an open dialogue. I think the number one thing we need to do is make sure that we... We take all the identity out of it, all the hate out of it, all the name calling out of it on both sides and just talk about the right and wrong and primarily what our interests are in the foreign policy that we promote. What our interests as the defense of American people on American soil and not American interests abroad, which then also include oil and gas countries that are domiciled here. We don't need to be spending money to protect Chevron in Ukraine, as Victoria Newland bragged to them. She said, we spent $5 billion softening up Ukraine for you. Did you see that speech? Yes, and we spent, we spent um, the exact amount um, on Israeli defense. I mean, why is Trump taking our troops out of Syria but not doing anything uh, with all the money we're spending uh, with Israel? Israel is one of the most industrialized countries in the world. They're richer than most countries in Western Europe. Why are we financing their defense? I will I never do. understand. We're, I don't we're giving them billions and billions of dollars every year to finance their national defense, and they can afford it. I, I, I do think with that, there's a question of, and it goes back to Washington, it goes back to the British Empire, it goes back to, uh, is, is what's happening in the Middle East and our alliances and our foreign policy, is it really about, um, about the oil and gas being the real lever of power in the world and how we how we have a presence in the Middle East. I mean, Israel could be a puppet of the of the American Anglo-American alliance. You know I what I mean? I think it's the other way around. I think it we're their be. puppets. It might we're be. their puppets. They're getting all the benefits. I mean, they're getting all the benefits. Who's the puppet there? We are. Well, I think, but I, I mean, I'm, I, I wonder sometimes, though, because the people there can't be happy with the, with the, with the violence, you know what I mean? Like the citizens. It's like, 
Israel can do no wrong when it comes to the United States. I don't know if anybody knows about the USS Liberty. The USS Liberty was a warship that was operating off the uh, Mediterranean in 1967. And it was attacked by Israeli fighter jets. Nineteen American sailors died that day. Yeah, wasn't McCain's father uh, the admiral in charge of that? What's that? Didn't McCain's father, uh, wasn't he the the admiral in charge? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Oh, I think so. What I'm saying is, until today, we cannot build a monument honoring those sailors. Why? Because the Israelis were responsible for the bombing. They swept it under the rug since 1967. We can't even honor these sailors because it's just they're afraid it's going to make Israel look bad. That's how bad it's gotten. Uh, I, and I'm sick I'm of getting it. in As over my head because I don't... Myself, I'm sick of it. I don't know all the ins and outs of the issue. I feel like the, um, you know, I feel like there are a lot of competing interests and that I, for one, as a libertarian, do not feel like our foreign policy, our defense should extend beyond our borders. I don't believe there is such a thing as American interests abroad. I don't believe that we can fight wars for assets in other countries. If you are uh, uh, an oil or gas company and you go into the Middle East and you're like Trump said, well, while we were in Iraq, we should have taken the oil. If you're in a foreign country and your assets are in danger, that's the chance you're taking. You can't expect us. This was a this was a a criticism Putin had of uh he didn't mention Mueller by name, but Mueller's the guy who did this, of us going to foreign countries now and prosecuting crimes, uh, crimes that are crimes here in foreign countries. So Mueller extended the FBI to foreign countries. And that's not, it's, that does not respect the sovereignty of nations. American exceptionalism is about, we are an exception to respecting the sovereignty of other nations. We can't do it that way. We have to do, I think, go read uh, George Washington's farewell address. And although I didn't love everything George Washington had to offer, it's, it is good advice about what the value is of our position in the world. And if we go out there and we put economic liberty above all else, we will be uh, uh, so prosperous, so enviable, that we don't have to go out and prosecute wars for other people or even for ourselves. The world will pivot to us because we will dominate so much. That's the, that's the road we were headed down. When people started betraying us, I, I think the British Empire was the one 100 years ago that really undermined the liberty of the American experiment and the, and the fabulous prosperity we're outpacing the rest of the world. Uh, but... Um, We've got lots more. I want to get into the Russian bot story. I want to get into the Michael Moore, um, more of the Michael Moore clips. Hold on. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. So we just had a very excited call about... Um, what's happening in the Middle East, specifically Israel. And I had a couple of people saying they wanted to uh, answer that call, rebut that call. It's not my area of expertise. I'm happy to hear a rebuttal. 
Uh, but I am going to get back to what I was originally talking about, which is um, the idea that pulling out of Syria, for whatever reason you think we're there or whether you want us there or not there as a libertarian, there is absolutely no justification for Syria for us to be involved in Syria. When we entered there under the auspices of the authorization to use force, it made absolutely no sense because the Assad's were anti... the. Assad's father, who was labeled bloody Assad, it was for putting down an uprising of the Muslim Brotherhood. And the enemies of Assad are ISIS and people we claim to be our enemies, affiliates of Al-Qaeda, which is the only group we are authorized to use force against under the original authorization to use force. So we have no real justification to be there. And even if you look into the explanations of a just war uh, from a religious and moral point of view, we you cannot go out into a place where there is no real threat to you physically. And we do have the capabilities of uh, defending ourselves. So we really don't need to go to these foreign countries, blow up secular leaders like Assad, um, Gaddafi, Hussein, open the floodgates, these their uh, political prisons full of terrorists. We can say, well, they don't have rights there, but we use the threat of terrorism to curtail rights in this country. We could, we spread it like wildfire when we go and blow up these stable secular countries in the Middle East. There is no justification for us to be there. And at least the left used to be able to uh, justify their own political ideology by saying we think it we don't we object to the warfare state we can't support a welfare state and a warfare state we want a welfare state only but now both parties seem to want all of it so that when trump said he wanted to take troops out of syria whether that's going to last or not i mean i think he's just i i think the powers that be are above trump and that they're regrouping but they're not going to let the middle east go uh, because it's too important. I think it's for oil and gas reasons. Uh, so so it's weird when Michael Moore uh, hits that running. We'll finish up with him, and then we'll go to the, the wild Russian bot expose after the break. So um, the... Yeah, let's do that. 404 872 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. 